Welcome back to the Jacob McLaughlin podcast and radio show. Coming to you guys on this Monday, July 27th. Uh, coming to you guys just after visiting Zion National Park, which is just outside of St. George, Utah. It's about a six and a half hour drive from here in Phoenix. Uh, so I decided to go up there to get out of some of the Phoenix heat and also just get a little change of scenery. If you guys have never been to Zion, I highly recommend it. Absolutely beautiful. A bunch of trails, a bunch of beautiful things to do. Uh, St. George is also just a nice little uh, city where you guys can just get away. Had great places to eat. Really enjoyed that. It's a cute little place we stayed in like an Airbnb uh, out on a farm just to kind of switch things up uh, for myself and just beat the heat. But I was battling. I actually got stung by a fire ant. And for most people, when they get stung by a fire ant, it really does nothing. Well, I just dropped some stuff. Um, it really does nothing. But for me, it decides that it's the worst thing in the world. And my foot swells up four times the size it's supposed to be. So I actually had swelling that went all the way up to my knee. And I couldn't even tie my shoe because my foot was so sw- uh, up or swelled up. So um, we took it kind of easy. <laughs> I didn't get to go on all the things I wanted to do. One of the big ones was like Angel's Landing, which is supposed to be a pretty intense but beautiful hike in Zion National Park. But we made the best of it and were able to do some little trails and still just get to experience Zion. So again, if you guys have never been to Zion, I would highly recommend it. And then we were able to actually stop at Horseshoe Bend on the way home. So if you guys haven't uh, seen Horseshoe Bend, uh, you guys should look up some of the pictures of it. It's absolutely beautiful. It's where the Colorado River goes and it makes like a huge horse shape U uh, looking thing uh, with the river and the canyon. And they've actually done some remodeling there to where it's, it costs like $10 to get into the park, but it's all like redone. It's easy walk compared to what it was a couple years when I went there. So little recap of my weekend. It was absolutely beautiful. Nice little breakaway, but we'll get into today's episode, which I think it's going to be a good one because we all need it. Sleep. How to get a better night a better night's sleep. Uh, this is something that we talk to, especially during like times of stressful uh, events like right now with COVID and everything going on. I uh, just want to see how we can help improve your guys' life. And so I wanted to put 13 uh, different tips to help you guys uh, after just doing research and talking with other professionals to see what's the best for clients, what's the best for other people, and then what's the best for myself. Uh, So here's 13 tips to help you guys get a better night's sleep uh, and just diving into it. So studies have shown that seven to eight hours is optimal. Once you guys go above that eight into that nine and 10, your body can actually uh, have more negative effects in the fact of like you're feeling drowsy, you could still feel tired after that. Um, And then if you go under five, uh, get about five hours or under, you're at more risk for getting sick, having mental unclarity. You're just like kind of in a, uh, a fog, not really sure where you're at and just not thinking clearly. A libido can diminish insulin issues and prone to accidents. So again, you're just not as alert as you would be if you got better night's sleep. Uh, So we're going to just jump right into it. We're going to break down these 13 steps, kind of talk a little bit on it and just go into detail to help you guys get a better night's sleep so you guys can start feeling better, so you guys can start being more productive and just be happier with your life. So number one, 
having a nightly routine. So this is important because most humans are creatures of habits. We like to do the same thing around the same time and our body will get used to things. That's why, especially during like this whole time of not working much, you have to find habits. You have to find a little routine. Otherwise you'll just go nuts. Uh, so it's kind of the same thing when it comes to sleeping to get yourself ready for that nightly routine for myself. It's, I usually will, uh, read a little book. I'll start winding down. I'll go shower, brush my teeth, and then just kind of get ready for uh, the evening, uh, look at my phone just to see what I have the next morning, and then I will get ready and go to bed around 10 o'clock at the latest. I usually start getting ready for bed around uh, 9 o'clock, and then I'll just start kind of that hourly routine because I'm one of those people who uh, in the evening, I like to take my time. I'm not in a rush, so I kind of will sit here, do that, and kind of just go back and forth from doing things. Uh, so number one, so having you guys just find yourself a routine. Jumping into number two, sleep with the temperature in the high 60s. So studies, ha or studies, not studies, <laughs> studies have shown that uh, people who sleep in the 60s are in the most optimal amount of sleep and they're getting the most productivity from their sleep. So uh, they've done the studies a lot. When I re researched it, it was anywhere from the 60 to 69. You know, some said 60 to 65, some said 67 to 69, uh, some even went into the low 70s. But uh, going from all that, if you were in the 60 to 69, if you could sleep with that or if you guys have fans or something to keep yourself cool, you are going to sleep better in the colder climate than if it's 80 degrees. You'll just have a better night sleep. Number three, make sure your room is completely dark. So this comes into if you guys need to have a little face covering or if you guys need to get those blackout curtains so none, no sun peeks through because what happens is when the sun starts peeking through, our body will actually start waking up. It's not going to be as deep asleep. And again, lights can affect it no matter if it's a light from your phone or if it's a light just from a, a light from the hallway or something coming out, making sure you guys are able to sleep in complete darkness. And then again, uh, being able to have it where it's not going to get affected by the sun uh, just because if the sun is coming up, it is going to eventually wake you up a little early, most likely, because your body's just going to be more alert as the sun's coming up. So that is number three. Number four, use noises that help you sleep. So for myself, I like to use a fan. I don't like to uh, sleep in complete silence. Um, Otherwise, you just hear yourself breathing. It's not my thing. Uh, so I personally like to use a fan. Some people like to use apps. Uh, some people like to have like little meditation or sounds of the ocean or whatever it is. But there's also people who like the no noise. So just finding what works for you. Uh, for Again, for myself, I like to sleep with a fan uh, also because I just run hot. So I'm always hot no matter what the temperature is. So I like to have a fan on me. And the fan, I find, helps me fall asleep faster uh, compared to if I don't have one. So again, just finding noises that you guys will uh, calm you down, get you into that mood to where you guys are ready to fall asleep. Number five, turn off electronics 30 minutes before you sleep. So they've actually done studies from when you guys are looking at your guys' cell phones, it can start to activate your brain again. Um, so even though you are starting to get ready for sleep or get ready for bed, and then you turn off your lights, but you're on your phone, your body can start uh, getting woke back up, especially like in your brain. It will it can stimulate some things in your brains that won't let you have a great night's sleep. So if you guys can, make sure you guys can jump off your electronics, your phone, whatever it is, about 30 minutes before you sleep just to let your uh, brain start to unwind. And also just like a little detox. As humans here in America or anywhere in the world, we like to sit on our phones. We're on it all the time. I think on mine, 
you know, I've been trying to be better at it. I think I'm at like five hours a day and I used to be at like eight or nine, um, which is sick to think about. So I try to get off my phone, but even just like a little detox for yourself. So if you find yourself on your phone, just give yourself that 30 minute break before. So you don't have to be thinking about stuff. And then also with that, most of the time you guys are on social media as myself. And then if you see something that could trigger you, you're not going to have as good a night's sleep. So again, trying to stay off your phone, stay off your social media things before you're going to bed. So it doesn't stimulate, make you, uh, make sure that you stay up or you're tossing and turning, uh, just going that easy route with it. Then we'll go into number six. Number six, stop eating one hour before bed. Now, the reason they have said this is because of digestion. Um, digestion can actually affect your sleep. So if you eat meals right before bed, say it's 9.30 and you're going to bed at 10, your body will still be digesting all that food. And especially if it's so close to bedtime, it actually can affect your sleep. It can uh, make you not get as good a night's sleep. You might not hit that deep sleep as uh as fast and also might not get the quality amount of sleep if you wouldn't. So just staying away from trying to eat. Again, I understand people are busy or sometimes you get really hungry, so you can do that. But it, overall, it's just saying don't have huge meals right before you're going to bed because your body's going to go right into digesting that, which can uh, affect your sleep when you guys are doing that. This is a big one, especially for myself, which I've been trying to work on. But number seven, limit caffeine intake. Uh, so as we all know, caffeine affects our sleep. It's trying to boost us and stay awake and that will not do good. Now, here's the thing, limiting your caffeine, the experts say to stop around 2 PM because caffeine can have a half-life. And so it can actually last. If you drink it at two, it can last another five to seven hours. They've done studies. So if you drink it at two, it could still go up till nine o'clock. So that's why I say stop around 2 p.m. Uh, I will say, even myself, sometimes I will have caffeine. Like I like to drink Eurobase, uh, which are caffeinated waters, uh, and I'll have that for a pre-workout. And I usually will drink those around 3.30 or 4. Um, I'm able to usually fall asleep around 10, but that's only if I get like a really hard workout in. If I don't do that and I do have some caffeine after 2 or 3 o'clock, I find myself it's 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm still up just because I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine, I've found. Uh, so just if you guys are that person. But again, that is going to be very dependent. Um, you know, like my boss, Jeremy, he can uh, drink coffee at 7 p.m., 6 p.m., and he'll fall right asleep when he goes home and hits his head to the bed. So, you know, it's going to be dependent. But overall, for, best pe or for most people, uh, it's going to be best if you stop taking caffeine in by 2 p.m. Uh, and especially with that, if you guys have never heard, also 300 milligrams is the uh, top or the recommended usage uh, for caffeine. So give you a cup of coffee would be about 100 milligrams. And then if we're going crazy with it, a monster on average is about 150 milligrams. And then a bang energy, which is absolutely nuts, is 300 milligrams. So that is your whole caffeine intake in one drink. Um, but that's the recommended use of uh, for your max. So if you guys can stay under that, that would be ideal. But again, if you guys are, it's four or five o'clock, you drink one of those bangs, which is 300 milligrams, that thing could be going for a while because you're taking so much caffeine. So just something to think about. Number eight, limiting your alcohol. So even though you might go out on a night drinking and then you find yourself, oh, I fall right asleep once I uh, get all drunk, what the studies have actually shown, you may fall asleep right away. But it's a non-restful sleep. So even though you're sleeping during that time, you're actually not hitting that deep REM sleep and you're not getting the quality amount of sleep that you should be or even the quality of sleep that you should be 
if you hadn't been drinking. So again, I'm not saying don't drink at all, but just be conscious of how much alcohol you are in taking and also how often you're doing that because alcohol can have a huge effect on your guys' sleep. Now going into number nine, only use your bed for sleeping slash sex. So this thing is big just because, again, I said humans are creatures of habits. We like to have uh, items for certain things. And so just having your bed for sleeping or sex, that's important just because if you find yourself eating in it, you're just sitting there watching TV, you're doing other things in your bed, it can now make a bad habit of where you guys don't want to just fall asleep compared to if you guys just use it for those two things, especially when you're in bed, you just fall right asleep. It's now kind of in that routine. So a good suggestion I think that you guys could all benefit from. Going into number 10, reduce stress levels. Now, again, this is way easier said than done. Everybody's going to have different things going on, especially during this crazy time in the world. Uh, but just overall, if you can try to reduce your stress, if you can find something, if it's meditating, if it's doing, uh, going for a walk, if it's just talking with someone, just reducing your stress in any level, you're, uh, they've seen that it's going to affect your sleep huge, which is a no-brainer. Uh, again, if you're stressed about things, if you're nonstop thinking about something, it's going to be hard to fall asleep. So just trying to limit your stress as best as you can, finding stress relievers for your guys' selves that you guys find that's enjoyable, but also can help you guys have a better night's sleep as well. Number 11 exercise. So like I said, if I go and exercise, I will sleep so much better than if I don't just because you're using that energy, you feel tired, you feel accomplished. And I've talked to so many other people, it's the same way. They're like, if I don't work out, I don't sleep as well. But when I do work out, I feel tired, I'm ready for bed. And depending on your guys' again, stress levels, it's a great activity to reduce your stress. So if you guys can use that, that would be awesome. Um, but just making sure you guys are getting out doing something, even if that's 20, 30 minutes of just going for a walk or doing something, uh, find a class at a local gym or just going and hitting a gym workout. Doing something is always better than nothing. And it's going to find a, or it's going to have a huge result on your guys' sleep. Now, number 12, hydration. This is one that most people struggle with and not just for sleeping, but just doing. Um, hydration is huge. It affects your body in so many different ways, but it now carries over to your sleep. They have found if you're dehydrated, it can. Sh it, the studies have shown that it, it does affect your sleep. So if you guys can be making sure that you guys are drinking, I always tell people half your body weight in ounces is usually a pretty safe bet. Now for some, it's going to be plus, some it's going to be minus. Um, but again, as long as you guys are peeing, uh, peeing around that clear color, maybe just a little yellow, that's usually to show you to hydrate or that you're hydrated. Um, but when you're super dark yellow or brown, that's not a good place to be. And I just say that because a lot of the people I work with, they might drink no water all day. They might have some soda. They might have, you know, some fruit. They're getting the waters from things, but they're not actually drinking a bottle of water or any water from anywhere. So just making sure that you guys are having water throughout your day. It's going to have a huge effect on how you feel, how you move. And it's also going to have an effect on how you sleep. And then number 13, this is a little supplement if you guys need it. If needed, a melatonin supplement. So if you guys don't know, melatonin is a natural pr uh, product already in your body. 
And it's the product or the hormone that now has you guys go to sleep or helps you with your sleep and aids in sleep. So if you guys are having a lot of trouble with sleeping, I would suggest that you guys would do a melatonin supplement. Again, this is something that you guys would do for about a week or two weeks and then you cycle off it. Um, and I would also say it's just something as needed. Um, if there's been times that I'm super stressed and I can't get away from all the stress and I haven't slept very well for the last couple of days, I will take a little melatonin supplement. They have little pills. They have little gummies. They have all these different options. Um, but again, it's not a bad thing. Your body already produces it, but this is something that can help you guys fall asleep and get a better night's sleep if you guys are struggling. So those are 13 tips for you guys to get a better night's sleep. I hope you guys at least found one thing that you guys can take away from this and use it practically for yourself. And I really appreciate you guys jumping on here, listening to me. And if you guys haven't, please press that like and subscribe button. And until next time, do something active, spend time with people you love and live your life fullest. I'll talk to you guys on the next one. Peace.